At the end of this episode, we announce the winner of the Netflix gift card giveaway. Make sure you listen to the end. Okay, welcome to episode 67 of the Juicebox podcast. This one, I, I don't know what I could call it. Um, giant, jerk face, ignorant person doesn't understand type 1 diabetes is super mean to little kid and dumb. I don't know, is that a good title? We'll find out in a second. Hey, welcome to episode 67 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Insulet, makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. I want to say thank you to them for sponsoring the podcast and being so loyal to the Juice Box Podcast. And you can say thank you also by going to the link in the show notes and trying out one of their free demo pods. Okay, in this episode, we are going to talk to Brandy, and Brandy is London's mom. London is 10 years old and a softball player. London's mom one day receives a text message from London's softball coach, who henceforward should be known as giant jerk-faced dummy butt, and uh, she kicks her off of the softball team for having type 1 diabetes in a text message. Stay classy, dummy butt. I'm leaving extra music here so you can calm down before the story starts. All right, um, my name is Brandy Skoropowski, and I'm from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. My daughter, London, is 10 years old. And she was diagnosed with type 1 at age 10. And we have just been um, very involved with our local chapter of JDRF and with our research hospital here in the city ever since she was diagnosed. Now, your daughter is Benjamin Button because she was diagnosed at 10, but she's six years old? No, no, no. She I, is, know you, I think you just flip-flopped <laughs> the numbers, that's all. Yes. <laughs> she was, she's 10 and she was diagnosed at 6. I, yes. Yeah. No problem. Uh, yeah, we... Uh, Sometimes we say the same thing so many times that you're just like, yeah, oh I know. <laughs> I feel like I've said that a, a million times in the last four days. And and th that's the reason why we're talking because you probably have said it a million times in the last couple of days. So I was last night. Somebody who reads my blog reached out to me and they're like, "Did you hear about this little girl and her softball team?" And I was like, "No." And uh, and when she told me, I was I thought, "Wow, that would be really an interesting topic for the podcast." So luckily, I reached out and right before I'm going to go on kind of a vacation and sort of my brother's wedding at the same time I thought wow we could record this real quick and get this out while it's timely so London um we'll talk about London for a second she was she was diagnosed when she was six do you guys have any um other diabetes or endocrine issues in the family line at all no we don't um which was very very surprising when she was diagnosed um I would say we were just shocked whenever she had this diagnosis come on we had never had any issues with the past or anything like that. So we were very unclear of what this even meant for us. Yeah. How did it present and what, what made you go to the, to a doctor or hospital? Well, we were in um, Disney world for family vacation at spring break. And uh, she was, she was asking a lot for, you know, drinks and such like that. And I was a little bit concerned, you know, it isn't that hot there in March, right? but, um, I remember very vividly, we were on the Jungle Book tour, and we're on that boat, you know, and she is just screaming and crying, needing to go to the bathroom. 
So as soon as we get off the ride, I pick her up and rush to the restroom. And she's sitting there going to the bathroom and just crying. You know, it hurts so bad. Something is wrong. And I called our doctor um, from Florida. And they said, well, you know, maybe she is a little dehydrated. Maybe there's something else going on. You know, they kind of gave me a, a few things to do to help her. And then they said, you know, if it gets worse, take her to the ER. And uh, luckily, that was, you know, kind of our last day there. So we had re- arrived home. And I went ahead and wanted to get her checked out because there, there was a lot that, you know, she had wet the bed. She's six. You know, this, yeah. isn't, this is not happening at this age. And uh, she had really lost some weight. She's kind of always been a little, little chubby kid. And so to see, you know, her bones and her rib cage and stuff, I was really concerned. So that Monday when we returned, I called our doctor and we went directly after school. Our regular pediatrician, you know, did a finger prick. You know, five seconds later, the numbers 520 pulled up on the little meter. And he said, uh, I'm going to call Children's and get your room and you need to head directly there. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, our world is over. And uh, took her to the hospital. Luckily, she was not in DKA. She wasn't really even dehydrated. They got her um, some fluids. And then started giving her insulin injections. And the first insulin injection was awful. You know, she cried, I cried. Um, but after that, her numbers went down and, and she was able to start eating and things like that. She felt better. Um, yeah, she, she really didn't feel bad. So that was what she couldn't understand why she was in the hospital. I see. Yeah, because she's uh, six too. So, you know. Right. She didn't really get it. And um, we stayed overnight and the next day went through all of the training, you know, the I think it's what, six hours of training on counting carbs and giving insulin injections and how to do everything. And we really just took a very proactive approach. As soon as we left the hospital, you know, we were only there for a day. I feel very lucky that our diagnosis story isn't more dramatic, you know, but we left and I remember her crying and saying, you know, she never wanted to eat again because she didn't want to take shots. Makes sense. I know. And I just, I looked at her and at a six years old, you know, little girl and just said, you know, this is what we have to do. You know, we're, we're going to figure it out and we'll make it as painless as possible. And from that day, she goes, okay, I'll, whatever we have to do. She's kind of in for it. So, so she, yeah. she, yeah. So she didn't fight it too hard at, in the beginning, which is great. She really didn't. And we were able to actually get her because it was at the end of March when she was diagnosed, we were able to get her into um, a three week long diabetes camp at the beginning of the summer. So that, that very first June, she went out and, um, you know, met other people that were like her and learned how to count carbs a little bit better. I mean, she was doing double digit addition at six years old. So that was, I think our best decision ever was because she, she didn't feel isolated after that. Plus now we know that diabetes is a pretty good math tutor. So that's excellent. too. It it is definitely. (laughs) Well, okay, so that's – let me just ask you, going back a little bit, from the time you ended up in the hospital when you were diagnosed, in hindsight, do you – can you see how quickly the onset was at this point? Like, can you Definitely. Look, yeah. We – she had a – she had a strep throat virus in January, um, and we look back at the records. It was January 18th that we went in. It was her very first time to ever have, like, antibiotics, have, you know, fever-related issues, mm-hmm. and um, – from that point on, you know, they, they just recognize that as the trigger. Yeah. So within three months, you know, cause that was the end of January. She had her diagnosis at the end of March. 
she has lost nearly eight pounds. Wow. And on a six-year-old body, that's that's, that's a, a lot, lot of weight. Sure, sure. And, and did, do you think, I'm feeling like there probably wasn't, but I'm interested just based on what you're saying. Was there much of a honeymoon period for you? There, there wasn't much of a honeymoon. I think we honeymooned for about six months. Um, it wasn't quite as long as, you know, sometimes they say it could be up to a year. It, it wasn't like that for us. Her body, and you know, and, and honestly, I was glad when we were out of the honeymoon stage because it was, it seemed like our maintenance and our corrections were a little bit more consistent than they were during the honeymoon when her body was still kind of helping out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you think about day-to-day stuff. If somebody snuck a, an extra bolus in or an extra injection in, that would not be great. And, no, and it wouldn't. what it ends up being. So four years ago, 2013-ish, around there. It was uh, 2012, 12, yeah. see, my math, not strong. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, but, but, okay, 2012, you leave the hospital. You sound like you were doing injections. Did you guys make a leap into any kind of technology, or are you still doing injections? We did. We did. We actually started our Omnipod use within six months. Um, our doctor was very pro using technology. You know, she just wanted to assure that we also understood you giving injections and all of that, which um, we proved very quickly that we could we could all do it. I mean, London could give her own injections, right. and so she went ahead and let us go ahead and get on the Omnipod right away, which was a blessing. I mean, the Omnipod makes everything easier. You know, London can wear it; she doesn't have to give injections at school, and uh, it's waterproof. All of those things. I mean, we have been on the Omnipod since. I, I'm just laughing, Brandy, because this podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. And if you would have talked for like 20 more seconds, I wouldn't have had to do an ad in the middle. <laughs> well, I can talk more and more about Omnipod because we absolutely love it. I mean, it is one of the best parts of our um, our plan right now. Yeah. I mean, I know that they did the the upgrade a couple years ago, or maybe it was just a year ago. But it, the advances that they did on that one upgrade have made wearing it day to day so much better. Even better. Yeah, no, I know. I And I, you know, there's more coming too and it's, it's really exciting. I just, it's funny because I end up saying on here a lot that I don't, I don't know if people listening believe it or not, but I don't ask you any questions before I have you on the podcast. I heard about the thing that we're going to talk about. I asked you to come on. We are quite honestly not even, tw- we're not even, are we even 12 hours out of when I invited you? Maybe we're about 15 hours out of when I invited you to do this. And you come on and you're like, oh, I use the Omnipod. I, I, yeah. feel, I feel like people think I must be hunting. They must think I'm hunting down people who use the Omnipod. So it sounds like that. But Yeah, well, I know, we, I know the Omnipod isn't as widely used here in Oklahoma as um, in other states, especially on the East Coast. I mean, you guys, I think it's manufactured over there. So um, we are all pro for it. We've, we tell everybody that we come into contact with that how great it is. Yeah. And they're using, um, I want to transition into what we're talking about, but I just wanted to ask first, any glucose sensoring? Yes, uh, we use a Dexcom CGM. We use the G5 so that it um, goes to all of the technology. You know, London and I both wear an Apple Watch so that it, it communicates in a more discreet manner. Right. You know, that way I can manage her diabetes right on target. Yeah, you know, yeah. it makes it so much easier to do that than it was with, with using anything else. You know, we had used the, uh, the pebble watch when it had first come out, but then as soon as the Apple released their watch, we upgraded both of us did. So you were, you were using night scout first. Yes, we were. Uh, you are very proactive. Yeah. We, I liked night scout very much. Um, I just like the Apple watch a little bit better because it, you can actually go in and see the, the data chart. Right. And um, London actually worked in a trial for OU Medical here last summer, and uh, she earned $800. She was nice. so proud of herself. 
And that's what she wanted to buy. She wanted to buy an Apple Watch for herself. Good so, because I'd already been using that technology. So she gets the alerts, I get the alerts, and it makes it a little bit more discreet in school. You know, she's not pulling out a cell phone. I'm not having to have a cell phone out. That's it makes it a little bit more discreet and and you find you'll get that alert. Do you find um, real improvements with the technology over the injections? Yes, I do. I injections were great. You know, we had one of the dial up pins, mm-hmm. so we never had to like you know draw out insulin every time. But um, the technology with the Omnipod and CGM just it brought her A one C down quite a bit. You know, we were sitting at an eight point seven. And then we got the Omnipod um, and also the CGM, and that has helped to bring her down to 7.5, and she is normally right around that. She's been down to 7.0, and I, I about passed out thinking, oh my gosh, we did amazing. Yeah, But uh, she quickly went back up to 7.5. <laughs> I don't know what we did for that three months, but we were really on target. Yeah, I, I, I find that just being aggressive with the insulin is the way that we keep... I don't know. I should find something to knock on, I guess. But Arden's coming up on three years of between five nine and six two. Wow. So. Yeah, we we really try. This last, um, you know, London has has merged into more competitive sports in the last year, mm-hmm. and I really think that some of our highs and lows come from that. And so January, we actually started meeting with um, a trainer who he lives with type one, but he's also a doctor. Okay. And so he kind of broke down just some tips of the trades, you know, for us, for sports. And we've been utilizing those and, and her A1C has been coming down steadily. So yeah, it's cool. I know Arden, my daughter plays softball, um, probably in a similar vein as, as London does and, and Arden's 12, but we, um, we see high blood sugars from, uh, from adrenaline. Yes, we do too. Every time London pitches, Yes. It'd be this huge spike. So have you found the nerve yet to just bolus before the game starts for that? We, um, it is hard to do that because it's not every, for her, it's not every time. Right. It's, it's not when consistent. the game, it's when the game ramps up for her somehow, right? Yes, it is. Yep. So we, we take the non-proactive approach and we, and we do and re- correct afterwards. Correct. Yeah. So, um, we have been using like the complex carbs and proteins before to make sure that her blood sugar stays stable right. during the game. And so we've had, we've seen that. But those high adrenaline games always spike her blood sugar. Yeah. Always. Yeah, I think I I've just given up, and I just I give insulin right before the game starts, and then if if something you know if the game is super easy, which is you know what ends up happening, right? If you're really kicking somebody's butt, then you don't it doesn't feel as competitive, and then maybe you don't get the adrenaline spike. Same way, by the way, if you if you're getting your butt kicked, and you're and you kind of don't think you can win, then it sort of feels like you're going through the motions. But if that happens, we just kind of um just use juice to just keep keep at it and with the dexcom it makes it pretty simple but yeah but the dexcom really helps yeah it really does um we sometimes find that you know it's a little the delay you know with the 15 minutes and everything like that um but we're we're in the new part of being able to manage according to that kind of stuff and so we're learning and taking information from wherever we can get it so what we're doing seems to be working Okay, sounds and we great. just want to kind of fine tune it. For Are you her. kidding me? It sounds like you're doing fantastic. It's it's not easy to do, and I mean that A1C around seven is is wonderful. So yeah. congratulations. Now, <laughs> let's talk about something that's not so nice. Um, so so I, you know, somebody sent me your story, and you were on the news in Oklahoma, and London is a softball player, 
and she was how long was she on her team um the one the one we're about to talk about had she been on the team for very long or was she new to it she was new to the team um she had aged out of the team that she'd been playing on uh-huh. and so we got on what's the website called OKC Ball and just tried to find a team that had an opening and so you found and one we found one we contacted the coach you know obviously the very first thing that we talk about is that London has type 1 we manage it you know we will be there at every game every practice that we just want her treated as a softball player. Yeah, nothing for you we'll, to do. We'll, we'll manage it. Yeah, right. no worries, nothing. You know, we'll just move on. And Can't so they pass. accept her on the team. And how long did she play on the team for? She played for five months, actually. She played, she started practicing with them in January. And then um, in the latter part of May, had contacted me via text saying that they just felt like the blood sugar issues were going to be too big of a liability going forward. Okay. So now that that's, so first of all, let's break that down. What blood sugar issues were they talking about? Was she getting well? Low? And that's, and that's what I asked her. I said, you know, can you give me an example of a time that London's blood sugar ever affected practice or game? Mm-hmm. You know, we were very active on managing everything. You know, there were a couple of times that we had to sit out and do a little bit of correction, you know, juice, like you were saying, yeah. um, I'm going to say that almost any kid, you know, playing sometimes has to sit out and get something replaced that they've lost during the game. And um, it may be, ha- it maybe happened two or three times. And uh, she would always kind of make off collar comments like, well, you're not going to die on me, are you? And uh, I had to discuss with London, you know, cause London was, we don't really say that to her. You know, we, we <laughs> you don't mention her impending death all the time. No, no. we don't. I mean, we, we talk about how, Managing your diabetes keeps you healthy and helps you live longer. But I don't think I've ever mentioned, well, you could die. Okay. And uh, so we had to have that. I had to have that conversation with London about, you know, your coach just isn't as educated about diabetes. You know, I understand that not everybody you, you come into contact with is going to be, you know, so this is a good opportunity for you to either share more about it with her or at least have the experience of having an uneducated person in your presence because mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, so just to make sure that I'm clear about what, what you said there, cause I think I am, but so London did not, or still does not understand that if somehow she got way too much of that insulin, her brain might just shut off. Does she, she understand? She does? I mean, okay. we, we do talk about, you know, what could happen if you, cause we, we we're trying to teach her to take care of herself, sure. you know? And so we discuss what happens if you give too much insulin, what happens if you don't have enough insulin? What are the factors of that? Yeah. They also, you know, have classes of that about her, the camp that she goes to. They talk about the the risks involved with their health care. Right. So she understands it's just not something that we capitalize on, lies on, lies on, on. We got a little repeating there. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So it's not something, it's not, okay. And and so so she does, she does understand that. Too much insulin, yes. is, and, but you guys don't talk about it in a kind of a flippant way, and that's no, completely no. understandable. We, I have to tell you, I think we might because recently Arden's blood sugar was falling, and I was like, "Hey, you got to get a snack," and she's like, "Okay," and then she just sat there, and I was like, "Arden, really, you need to yes. get a snack? You know, your blood sugar's falling." She's like, "All right," I'm like, "What's your plan here?" She goes, "I'm just gonna sit here till I die," and and she oh, was and she was trying to be funny, <laughs> by the way, and then she goes, "No, I just can't think of what I want to eat," and I was like, "Well, okay, but you're gonna need to think a little quicker," and uh, and then she got up and found something. She's smiling the whole way, but listen, whatever your sensibility is around it, 
it's not for someone on the outside to decide for you right. and to start asking your kid, hey, you're not going to die on me, are you? And and you, I would have, that, were you insanely angry about that? I really was. Yeah. And I came home and I, you know, I shared with my husband what had been said and, you know, he, he's always the peacemaker. Yeah, and so he kind of said, uh, maybe, you know, not everybody has your level of understanding and your level of sensitivity when it comes to diabetes, you know, right. everything else is going really well with the team. Let's just move forward, right. you know, and it's not bad and advice. I, mom's intuition was, Oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever, you know, but, uh, we stayed on the team and just tried to make sure that we were, were maintaining everything on task. You right. know, we were ready. She was ready to play. She was ready to practice and uh, never late, you know, never party to a game. So, yeah. and so to play devil's advocate, you're not like in and out of the dugout every five minutes or talk. You're not up the, the coach's butt constantly. You're just doing what you need to do, making little adjustments, yeah. insulin, and you're getting out of the way. And keep, I do the same thing. Like I keep my head down. Like if I have to walk into the dugout, to say something to Arden. Oh, yeah. I just sort of slink in and I slink out. I don't talk to anybody. Just do what I'm, you know, just try to be respectful of the I fact that. That is the yeah. uh, diabetic parent way. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Just say, hey, <laughs> that's just me. Then so, okay. So, so, we really tried to do, um, we, would, we would check our blood sugar before entering practice or even warm up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if it were a game, per se, when their warm up was finished and they were waiting to get into the dugout, we would check blood sugars again. Okay. You know, that way I kind of knew where she was before the game started. And nine times out of 10, I'd have to do nothing during a game. Right. I actually don't even recall one time during a game that I had to go in and do any maintenance for her. But there was the times that I, you know, did it before practice, after a warm up. Right you know, after a game. And by the way, I don't think anything's wrong with it. I just literally was trying to be the devil's advocate here just to, to yeah. see what we're talking about. So, so this person just decides <laughs> this is not something, even though they're not dealing with anything, this is something we can't deal with. But then she uses the word liability, by the way, sending the text, super classy. Um, <laughs> oh, I love the text because, you know, I have a, I have a document. I think I read it four or five times thinking, am I really reading this? Right. Did this just get sent? Via documentation, <laughs> and even even like I'm just saying, listen. Even if you were going to write it down, I just wouldn't you? Isn't this something you'd say to someone's face? Like like you're going to text somebody this? I guess it's a world where people break up over text message now. But I I don't think I would have the heart to do something like that that way. But I know that's exactly how I felt, and um, you know, my response was just, "Can you please elaborate on a time that her diabetes has caused any issues?" at practice or games mm -hmm. and she never responded yeah so because <laughs> her I'm next not, response I would have been response. i don't care lady you're off the team this is we're not talking right. about this right right so okay exactly. now do you live in a place like oklahoma is it i mean is it a hotbed of softball does this woman have expectations that your children are all going to compete for the to be in the olympics one day or is was this a um, little i would say that yes there i mean softball is is a big deal around here but this team by no means was a championship team. It most of the girls on the team. This was their first year to play. London's skill level was probably at the top for the team because she has played for many years. Okay, and uh, that's. I mean, we, that's why we were very shocked that she wouldn't even want her. So I mean, I imagine you've thought about this a million different ways and a million different angles by now. So let me ask you something: Is there any chance in your mind that 
she wanted her gone for a different reason, not a, not even assault. Maybe she was better than somebody else, then that got in her way, and she used the diabetes as an excuse? Or do you really think she wanted her off the team because of the type 1? Uh, we've, we've gone back and forth several times about what we think was her true meaning. But when we did meet their team this past weekend at a tournament, they stuck very true to their story in that they were acting out of concern for our daughter. <laughs> that they don't believe that softball is a healthy, safe sport for her to play. And um, that, was, that was the story they stuck to oh, whenever we met them face-to-face this last weekend. And so wow. I guess that kind of put all of that to rest for me. Yeah, that's was, really, really staggering. Like, like yes. seriously bizarre. Um, God, I, I a couple of years ago, it was a print interview, but I interviewed the catcher from, oh gosh, was she from Alabama? Alabama, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Fickner, Fickner, right? Right? Is that her last name? Yes. Yeah, she has type one, and by the way, she's like five three too. So, I so know, you, I know. you know, and and so. She's she's nothing that people I guess this woman would expect could do it, and she's she's catching at right. Alabama. That you know, and so yes, London's a catcher as well. And when Alabama played here at the Oklahoma Softball Hall of Fame, we tried to go like set up a meeting so that she could meet her, but it just didn't work didn't out work while out. she was here. That's well, I wanted to. I, I'm going to tell you this story, um, kind of abbreviated because I think I've probably told it on here before, but I'm really telling it, hoping that this person who who kicked your daughter off the softball team here is it so i live in a town in new jersey who has won the little league world series for softball and recently and been there a couple of times prior to that my daughter's probably not uh her her her, her year's not going to be that that strong but but i'm telling you it's a fairly it's a fairly big thing here and when arden was 10 years old the exact same age as your daughter um she laid down a bunt and beat it out in the last inning of a nothing, nothing championship game that started a rally that ended five minutes later and us winning the game. And she did that wow. with a Dexcom receiver strapped around her waist and an Omnipod on her belly. And she never had a problem. So I think this woman uh, obviously does not know what she's talking about and either made a, a, a huge leap, which I mean, she got on a wave of ignorance and, r- and just wrote it right into your text message, it sounds like. But, but if she's listening, uh, you know, you made a big mistake because people with type 1 diabetes are really not limited by anything else. And we could sit here, by the way, and go back and forth and talk about uh, Chris Freeman, who's been in the Olympics multiple times, doing cross-country skiing, which there may not be anything more vigorous. Um, and he does, right. it, he does it with an Omnipod and type 1 diabetes and, and everything else. And there's just more and more and on and on. And so, you know... That sucks. But, but so what did you do next? Because now you've got to go talk to London and tell her you don't have a softball team to play on anymore. Do you tell her why? Hey, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Insulin, and this is an ad for them. Now, you know, I spoke with Brandy on a Friday, and the very next day, Arden, my daughter, started her own softball tournament that ended on Father's Day. On Father's Day... In heat over 90 degrees, my daughter played five softball games. Now, I have it a little figured out here for you. It is 35 innings that took 11 hours. The heat was 90 degrees plus five games. They won the tournament. So, with an Omnipod on the top of her thigh and a Dexcom G5 on her hip, 
Arden went out there and competed vigorously in, in crazy conditions with her diabetes. Blood sugar, never over 140 maybe, never under 90. It's accomplished with a little bit of hard work and that technology. But but I think the real point here is, and, and the reason I'm just going to tell this story kind of in lieu of an ad for Omnipod is, you know, London can do anything she wants to do. Your daughter and son can do anything they want to do. If you have type 1 diabetes, you can absolutely do whatever you want to do. There is nothing limiting you. Now, there's no doubt that the Omnipod helped my daughter out a lot this this weekend. We were able to make fine boluses and, and basal adjustments, and she could keep her insulin going the entire time she was playing because it's tubeless. She doesn't have to take it off. But But that's not the point. The point is this, and it's very simple. You can do anything you want with type 1 diabetes. Omnipod can help but you can do anything you want. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo or the link in the show notes to try a free demo pod. Okay, you might remember that before the ad, I asked Brandy what she told London when she found out that she was being let go from her team. I wasn't sure. Would she tell her they didn't want you because of your diabetes or, or would she tell her something different? I'm not sure what I would have done. Let's find out what Brandy did. Well, we went back and forth whether to tell her at all, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, as raising a daughter, you're trying to build their self-confidence, raising a daughter with type one, you're battling an uphill battle already, For sure, you know, and so we try to build her confidence in everything. And we probably waited about a week before telling her. And the reason for that was that she wasn't really happy on the team. Anyway, she had not really made any kind of connections with any of the other girls. And, uh, she really wanted to play with an old teammate. Okay. So I had contacted the old teammate's um, coach and had lined out, you know, a practice for her to go and practice with this new coach. So it wasn't until after she had a positive experience with the new team that then I sat down and told her the reason we are trying out for this new team is because your old team doesn't want you anymore. Uh, see, I would have gone with your old team is run by, and then I would have said a curse. Yeah. It would have been my good time to, to teach her a curse she didn't know, maybe. And yeah, so, maybe. <laughs> well, that's well, fast. So, so um, the transition ends up being well, and she, I'm assuming. It and was I'll, very smooth. It yeah. was very smooth. You know, she couldn't play right away with the new team. Um, the, you know, we're in the middle of the league. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't able to play any of the league games, but um, the coach had her come out for every practice had her come out for every game and do warm-ups with the girls. Yeah. She basically was their bat girl gotcha. during those games. And then um, as soon as she could play, this was the very first tournament that she was able to play the full game. You know, she was on the roster and everything. And for that tournament to be a tournament where she faces her old team was just icing on the cake for her. Uh, see, now you've told the story too many times, so you, uh, y- y- you jumped ahead. So, so when she finally got to play... She played the team that she that, that told yes. her to go away. And we and- weren't for sure if we would be able to play them or not. Um I looked at the roster and I, you know, played with the numbers and everything, and I was like, well, there could be we could meet them. You know, we could not, but we there's a good possibility that we could. And uh we went in and we won our first two games and they won their first two games. So then that put us head to head in the third game of the day. <laughs> And you guys came out way ahead, it sounds like. Yes, yes, we did. She actually got up to bat and uh, hit a, she she hit three runners in, and on the next batter, she scored. 
<laughs> and so awesome. she had, yeah, she was responsible for four of the points of the nine to one that they beat them. Um, the, the other coach was, didn't handle it in the classiest of ways. So I can't uh, imagine. You, is it, yeah. you mean the person who sent you a text message saying that because of your type 1 diabetes, you can't play softball <laughs> with us anymore? And exactly. then later when called on it, said they were doing it for your own good? <laughs> yes. So you're that's, telling me this person exactly did not handle it well. <laughs> she did not handle it well at all. Surprise. And um, luckily, the coaches and the parents on our new team, you know, they I'm sure that they all wondered if our account of what happened was really true, sure. you know, because yeah. it does sound so outlandish. Right. And, th and, and they so, don't know you. You could just be a big pain they, in the yeah. butt, right? Yeah, yeah. So. They have no idea who yeah. I am. They've never met me before. They've never met London, you know, and so then seeing her shouting at us, you know, we just care about her and, you know, this isn't a safe sport for her. They all just kind of rallied around London and uh, really showed their support for her. That's fascinating. Now, now I need to ask you, after they pushed you off the one team, did you hear from any parents of other players or any kids reach out to her, or, or did she just get shut off, they shut her down right away? Um, I had heard from one of the coaches. London had made a connection with one of the other girls, and it was a, uh, he was like the third base coach, mm -hmm. his daughter. And he had actually called me and just said, you know, that's so wrong. I can't believe she would do that. She hadn't shared that you know, with us that that wasn't her plan. And, uh, that was just about it though. There wasn't anything. I really didn't engage anymore in any kind of conversations with any of them. Yeah. It's just such a shame because I mean, if you've been around girls softball at that age at all, I mean, it's, it can get competitive, but at the same time, it is obviously, it's a, it's a learning time. It's fun. There are very few girls who you would consider to be proficient or monsters at it. You know what I mean? Like they're oh, just, yeah. it's just, it should be a very, it just should be a very enjoyable time while they're learning, hopefully to enjoy softball, you, you know, and, 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 and how to play the game a little bit. It, it's, it's so terrible, but I, it is really nice to hear that you, that you guys had such a quick kind of transition away from them and such a positive one. And the, and the new team obviously has welcomed London in like wholeheartedly and, and that's excellent. Yeah. They're, yeah. The new coaches are great about not making a big deal about her diabetes. Mm -hmm. You know, they can look over and see me doing something with her and just simply give me a thumbs up. Like everything's okay. And yeah. I just give them a nod and say, everything's good. And they keep going. You that's know, how it should be. Just keep going. And, and they don't really worry about, coaching her on is she healthy enough they just worry about her skills and making sure she's ready for the game right. and that's what the coach kind of said um that i don't really do anything yeah. and i said well that's that's the beauty of it is that you don't have to do anything you just have to let her play i i think the silver lining here is that at least she showed herself to you or you could have spent years with a person who was secretly right behind your back just you know just not having good feelings about you and your daughter. So good, good to get away from it. You know what I mean? I, I think definitely. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So then you end up on the news. Well, when London came home from winning the game, you know, whenever I had told her that the, the other coach didn't want her on the team because of her diabetes, she was very upset. And she said, you know, what can I do? Well, as a mother, I had already called the league. I'd already called the softball association. I'd already called the city you know, that we really didn't have any legal rights or ramifications that we could go through. Because this is a travel team. It's not a little league thing, right? Right. It's yeah. just a, it's just an independent coach. You know, there, she's not sponsored by anyone. You know, the, the city hasn't hired her. And, uh, 
I told her, I said, London, you know, you can just raise awareness because London is already an activist with, with being in the JDRF here in our local chapter. Okay. You know, she does a walk team. She tries to raise as much awareness and, and money as she can, but she's always been very shy about talking about it. And so I, I really haven't pushed her much, even though knowing that she wants to raise awareness, I've told her, you know, you're going to have to talk in front of people. I don't want to do that. But when we came home from the game, I asked her, I said, how do you feel? And she goes, I feel like I can do anything. And uh, she's, she's kind of a little bit of an artist too. So she got out her markers and got out her paper and uh, made the little video. Mm-hmm. And she you know, was like, will you please record me? I said, yeah, I'll record you. So we did. We did the little recording. And I watched it. And I thought, I'm going to post this on my Facebook. And then I thought, I'm going to make this public. And we are just going to share it. Because there's nothing in it that's negative about anyone. It's just raising awareness. And within three days, I mean, it had over 5,000, almost 6,000 views. And that's when the news channel had contacted me about doing a story on her. That's excellent. That's so cool. And, 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 and there's no, like, there's no recourse for the people who did this to you anyway. I mean, if they want to, no. you know, there's a list of, you know, professional athletes a mile long who've had type one diabetes and some of the most vigorous sports. And even going back to decades ago when, when care wasn't nearly what it is now that Bobby Clark played for the Philadelphia Flyers with type one diabetes and he's an old man now. You, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's fine. He's going right along. Yeah. You, you know? And like I said, we could go, we could list a million people. It's there's guys driving race cars over 200 miles an hour have diabetes. And yeah. you know, it, it just, I just, I am a little stunned. Like I'm having a hard time shaking that they came back to you and said that it was for her own good. Like, because the inference there, by the way, is we know better about your daughter's disease and what's good for her than you do. <laughs> Which yes. is, and, and I, I just shook my head. It's such that, a pompous thing to do. I mean, I yeah. can't curse on the podcast because my clean rating is, uh, would be at, <laughs> at, at uh, it would be at risk, but my God, what a bunch of a-holes, right? I mean, really, well, I can, you know, whenever the, the newscast, they wanted to know, her name and the name of the team. And, and we said, we do not want to bring anyone down. You know, this is about raising awareness and this is about sharing our story, hopefully so that no other kids have to go through this. Yeah. And, uh, the news channel was, was very respectful of, of not mentioning who it was or what the team name was. Yeah. Because two they're little girls. I mean, mostly, you know, and even if it's reflected badly on the, on the coach, it's going to get to them somehow. And, you exactly. don't need that. Trust me. I don't. Do you have an old? You have a, a son too. I do. Okay. Yes, but I have he's a younger. Son. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm only a couple of years ahead of you with girls, and it's about to get nuts. So you don't need any more ammunition or for them to feel like there's any kind of fight going on. Because trust me, they'll make their own fights later. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't. don't do it. <laughs> they don't need your help with that. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> But it's re- it really is fascinating, and it's so cool of you to reach out. It's actually really cool of London to find her voice too in all this. Yeah, she after the newscast, she said, uh, "Mom, I really think that I could I could speak to people. You know, I really do think that I could talk about what has happened in right. my diabetes." And I said, "Well, that's great." You know, she was on um, our local sports radio show on Wednesday as well. And uh, her personality came out in that, too. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. It really is good. I mean, this woman might have ended up doing her a favor in more than one way is getting away from her and, and lighting this fire in her and everything else. And, and thank goodness it didn't go the other way and didn't devastate Exactly. Her, you know? I have been thinking about the last couple of days, 
And I'm just so happy that it has worked out the way that it has for London. Yeah. You know, she, like you said, has her own voice now. And who knows where this will lead for her. There's there's no possibilities that are, are endless for her to achieve whatever she wants. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I know it's, I know everyone's different and my kid's always been a little more kind of free and easy with it. And so I take that for granted sometimes that I feel like, you know, it feels like everybody's like that, but I know they're not obviously. And I know there are some people who aren't comfortable with, you know, showing their pumps or their, you know, their infusion sites or, or even talking about it to some degree. I realized, um, a couple of years ago, and this has been long enough now, I don't think it matters to say that my son was playing with a boy who, um, I mean, he was 16 at the time, and my son was younger and playing up with them. And it took me months and months and months to realize that this kid had diabetes because it's something I just kind of saw in my periphery one day. And then as I watched, I recognized, like, he, he doesn't test at all during games. He's not wearing a glucose monitor. He's not testing. He's not doing anything. And sometimes I would see kind of like a faraway look on him. And I struck up a conversation with the parents one time. And I just said, and I somehow I just slipped it in there, like, you know, my daughter has diabetes. And then that kind of made them feel comfortable. And they started saying, well, my son has it too. And I said, oh, it's weird. I never see, I did, I would have never thought that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I never see him with anything. And he just, they just said, he's so shy. He won't, he doesn't want anybody to know. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you can't be out. It's 105 degrees out here. And it's the middle of summer and we're out here for three and four hours. I really feel like, you know, I never said it to him, but I was like, gosh. I really feel like he should be testing his blood sugar at least once in a while, you, you know, and, or, you know, it just came up that he had a glucose monitor. He wouldn't wear it while he was playing. And I, in the end, just felt really terrible for him, you, you know, that whatever it was that was holding him back, he just did not want other people to know. And I get that, I guess. But at the same time, like, I just, I felt terrible. And, and there's so much that he, you know, there's so much about about who he is and what kind of a baseball player he could have been that maybe could have been helped by his blood sugar being more stable or in a better range or, or whatever, you know? So she's going to have such yeah, a Yeah, we know time. people that um, are just very shy about talking about it or just don't want people to know. And, and London is to a point, but then she, when she gets to know you a little bit, then she's totally free about it. It's enough, yeah. Yeah, I get that. You're a talker, I can tell. So the, the, yes. she, yeah, she's got that too. <laughs> she is too, yeah. yeah. I am too, which it took me like the first five minutes to, I had to keep telling myself like, you don't need to say too much this one. And so I was like, I was like, I was like, Brandy's going to fill in the time very nicely. I can tell. (laughs) And you are too, but I guess you're getting, you're, you're getting good at it because you're, uh, you're spending a lot of your time this week doing stuff like this, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm the, um, this year for the JDRF walk here in Oklahoma city, I'm the chair. So there's a couple of things that I've got to go to and do some speaking stuff before this even had happened. Um, So this kind of just gives me a springboard. I know that there's tons of type one kids out there that, that do want to play sports. And I just hope that this doesn't happen to any of them. Yeah, no, I I do too. And I think really what the takeaway for them needs to be is that obviously you can do it. And even if if you run into an ignorance somewhere, you know, it's, it's a shame too, because it's a shame this person didn't come to you and have the, have this, you know, the self-reflection to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Can you help me understand it better? Instead of just jumping to some preconceived notion or something they, you know, something they learned in steel magnolias or whatever, I know. you know, whatever yeah. they figured out, you, you, you know, like that just, it sucks. I, it, it always strikes me as terrible. I mean, I, I try to imagine meeting someone who has some sort of a, a health issue that I know nothing about and me being able to look at them for five minutes and then just su- suppose I understand everything about it. It's just such right. a, a strange 
I guess, ignorance. It's just a really strange way to think about. Well, as a diabetic parent, I'm sure that you have been face-to-face with people that you can tell either are interested in learning and ask questions, or they are just so put off by it that they don't want to listen to anything. And that's really the way that we had the conversations with her. Any kind of conversation that was around diabetes, you know, she just rarely would make eye contact or anything like that. So we just kind of said, we take care of everything. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, everything is fine. Don't worry. And um, we tried to educate her, but there was just nothing. I think that she just had a preconceived notion of what diabetes was and that it just did not fit into what she thought a softball player could be. Yeah. And it's possible too, that she sat there completely on un- not understanding and thought you did something to cause her diabetes or that you were, maybe she was, the judgments could have been, I mean, there's no way to know they're multifaceted. There's no telling. Yeah. 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 She, she's a bright and shining star of ignorance. So it could have come from, <laughs> it could have come from any angle, I guess. Right. Well, we've been on many teams, different sports and, you know, I've been met with all different kinds of coaches. You know, we've had the coaches that are too protective, you know, constantly asking London, are you okay? Are you okay? Why don't you sit out? You look a little red. You look a little flushed. Well, I mean, she has red hair and pale skin. She is going to turn red immediately. <laughs> I'll let you know when she needs to sit out. We're you know, in Oklahoma, and she doesn't like that her. either. Yeah, right. No, she I never know. likes to be babied. I've and seen so, that a little bit for Arden. Not not a lot, but just like you're talking about once, once in a while where it's, it's, it's too much in the other direction. And you have to say to the person like, look, it's not, I don't know what you think this is, but you know, you don't need to do that so much. You, you know, I, I cause I, you tell them in the beginning, like you're looking for like off the wall behavior. Like you're looking for like, does she seem disoriented? I was like, that's what right. we're talking about. Other than that, she's going to get dizzy before anything bad happens probably. And there's just never a moment that London is doing anything that we aren't just right there, you know, unfortunately for her. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I'm you're... sure that will change in the next couple of years. But so far, we, you know, one of us is always at everything. Right. And we're there monitoring and watching her. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, all of the risk off of, of anybody else. And, and I don't want anyone to be stressed about my daughter being on their team or playing with their other kids. So I would rather take all of that stress off you you do it exactly the way we do it. And I, I would add something to that, too, and I'll give you a little more East Coast cynicism. I also, no matter how many times I explain it to some people, I, I also don't have a lot of confidence that when the, uh, you know, when the S hit the fan that they would actually do any of the things that they needed to do in that moment. So, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I don't trust hardly anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. I, that's that's unfortunate. You know, I no. mean, London, she always has her friends come spend the night here. And it's simply because I don't want to, one, stress another parent out, or two, rely on them to take care of my child. I would tell you that I have, in sleepover situations, I would say if if there was 199 of them, it all kind of goes okay. Between the the share, the the parents kind of don't have a lot to do anyway, and when they do need to do, I kind of, I trust most of them, and you can hear when they parrot the information back if they really understand or not. But I did have one one mother who just, I could tell, like, it's just completely stopped. Like Arden is just not invited to things anymore. Yeah. And and, and I don't know. It, it just scares yeah. some people. Yeah. And whether or not that that is, is right or wrong, that's just how it is. It's who they are and, and they, they're uh, not up for it. So yeah, London's, I, I in a, London's in a private school and I actually teach at her school. So I'm there to do all of her care. So there's, 
just a small pool of people anyway. That are really around. And there's there's a few that I that I trust for her to go with and and do stuff with, but I'm definitely much less free with her than I am my son. Yeah, well, listen, I got to ride a bunch of roller coasters last month because of diabetes, so it's not all bad. Arden's school had a oh, school, awesome. yeah, they had a school trip to Great Adventure, and uh, it's a theme park around here. And I, um, I was like, well, I, I, they sent the form out, who wants to be a chaperone? And I sent it back with a note on. I was like, I do not want to be a chaperone, but I will come and take <laughs> care of the diabetes for you. And, you know, I ended up helping another person chaperone the group anyway. But, but you know, I got to ride a bunch of roller coasters and hang out with Arden for the day. And, and you know, she got to mess around without really thinking about her blood sugar. And it's, it really is the... It really is kind of the magic of the of seeing the the blood sugars on your device and not having to stop or look at something that's attached yes. to them. Is that you can well, do so much on the floor? Well, before we had the Dexcom share, I think that the first thing I would talk to her, you know, in the afternoon when I would get her home from school, the first thing I would say were, "How is your sugar? Or how's your blood sugar right now? Or or what are you?" Yeah. And I can look at that and I can talk to her about, well, how was that math test today? Or you know, who did you sit with at lunch? whatever it may be, instead of always talking about our blood sugars, because it seemed like before we had the CGM, that's what propelled most of our conversations whenever she would first get home. Yeah, I would take it one further. I would tell you that before before I could kind of stay in the loop, and it's funny too, it makes me sound like I'm staring at my phone all the time. I don't really look at my phone unless it alarms high or low, honestly, all day long, except to prepare a little bit to pre-bolus for lunch. I take a look a little beforehand to make sure we don't have to nudge something around so the insulin works. But I used to, when Arden would come into a room, I started realizing like I wasn't even seeing her anymore. It was, it was like, exactly. like diabetes was walking into the room. Mm-hmm. I said the exact same thing. That I think word for word almost when we got our CGM that I no longer see her as a host of numbers. I see her as my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great gift that comes of it. I don't think people might realize right away. So without using it, well, I have to ask you cause we're, we're, I think we've covered it all pretty well. You guys are pretty badass and you took care of things. Um, <laughs> is London around? Do you think uh, she- she's not actually, oh, she oh, okay. is fishing with her dad. Fishing. Except, you know, it's father day, father's day weekend. So they are out on the boat. Now, is it father's day weekend? So she's out with him or it's father's day weekend. And you thought, wow, I might get a whole weekend here to myself if I, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Father's Day weekend, and they wanted to go do some fishing and outdoor stuff, so they are out doing that. That's excellent. Good for you. I will spend my entire weekend watching baseball and softball as my life withers away <laughs> because of baseball and softball. Um, how do you handle the heat? It's got to be so much hotter where you live than where I am. It- well, it's the the heat is a little bit worse, and then we also have a little bit more humidity than you guys have. Okay. Um, the way that we just combat that is that we. We normally take a Gatorade and a Gatorade Zero with us just to know which one we need to use. And we work on making sure that she's hydrated all the time, yeah. you know, especially in prep for a very big tournament like we had this last weekend. You know, We knew we would be playing at least five games. And so she was making sure that she was getting enough water you know, each day prior to going out. Um, I just make sure that she has those cooling down towels. She has a spray bottle. I mean, there's just everything that we can possibly think of to keep her cool and down in the range that she needs to be. Yeah. The weather really makes you decide if you love baseball or not, because it, I know. It, it's I, difficult. As a type one mom, I'm like, London, are you sure you don't like volleyball better? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure basketball isn't more your sport? Have you heard of the chess club? He's like, no, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love 
softball. That's I'm excellent. like, oh, you realize we have to fight outside conditions as much as we have to fight you in a game. My son played. She goes, I know. Uh, my son played in Georgia last summer in like Ju- the end of July. And there was one day where I stood in the shadow of a telephone pole and it felt like I was saving my life by doing it. It, it was just yes. so hot. And, and they're out there playing and they're, they're on fire. They look like in the million miles an hour and the game ends. And, you know, he actually, I, I he, we had this cooler. It was like a portable cooler with water. And it was the end of the day and it was all melted. And he said, uh, what are we doing with this? And I said, nothing. <laughs> and, he, and he put his hands into it and he just stayed there for like a minute. And then he picked it up and dumped it over his head. And, yeah. and when the water hit me in my legs, it was hot. And I was like, wow, are you going to, is this okay? Are you okay? You, you, you know, like it really is. It's an, it's an, it's an aggressive thing to be out in the sun like that. And so it is, I mean, we were sitting at, um, my son did a, a week long baseball camp that ended yesterday and, and London and I were sitting and kind of watching the end of their last day of practice. And I think we went through a huge cup of ice. She and I were just eating it back and forth and we're watching my son out there just, you know, sitting down when it's not his turn. And I was like, oh gosh, it's, it really is that hot. Yeah, yeah you're trying to recover. But you've just got to prepare for all of that, you know. And I think that um, with London having type 1, we just are much more on top of preparation. There's really never a time that I'm at something that I'm not prepared twofold, yeah. you know. Do you, see, um, do you see lows late at night after a game, after a day of games We like typically that? do. Um I do like it when games end in like the middle of the afternoon. That way we can recover with dinner and such. But if we have games into the evening, it's not uncommon to see that, that low start around 10 PM. Okay. And then if, I don't know for you, but for us, if she starts having a low, it's very hard to get her back up. Yeah. So that happens for Arden, but it doesn't happen till about one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Our start about 10 and they last until about two. Normally at two is when her blood sugar starts creeping back up correctly. Do you ever restrict insulin to try to help that? We do. Yes, we have. Um, we've restricted insulin, you know, an hour after play and then um, not given as many carbs or not as much correction at dinner, just trying to make sure that we're pushing more proteins. And that's really kind of how we, we combat it is with those proteins at making sure she has it before she's playing and making sure that she has a good balance of protein after she plays would you restrict have you ever restricted the the basal during the low period we have yes we've done that as well where we have a um we have a temporary basal set yep and um everything pretty much works it just with her growing as much as she is it just always if it works one time it it doesn't work exactly the same the next time plus when it stops once you don't need it anymore that's the the if there's a downside to like a temporary basal like off or like a like a like a 50 or 70 or 80 percent restriction is that once you don't need it anymore you really have to figure out that you don't need it and get back to the insulin right you can't you can't wait around or you you will turn that that 70 that you couldn't get to move into like a 250 out of nowhere and yeah yeah and and then it's hard to get it back down you know and you're just playing that roller coaster game with it but um We've been pretty good with being able to maintenance it. It just, like you said, it's just always learning. Right. I feel like every single time we have a correction, we learn. I and think about it. I'm um, sorry. I think about it like just that line on the Dexcom about bumping it, not not trying to move it too far, but always just trying yes. to bump it and and being. And that's what I try to teach London, and yeah. she is a, an aggressive corrector. Yeah. 
she will she will go both extremes. You know, and then we have to talk about it. You know, how do you feel now? Well, I feel awful. How did you feel before? Well, I felt awful before too. And I said, you know, this is why because you either give too much or you don't, you know, give enough and no, it's, it's all a, that it's learning, a learning curve process. For her. Yeah. I think the experience is all built into into better understanding and sometimes you have to for the lack of a better term, you got to mess it up so you can see what happens when you mess it up so that you know. Exactly. That's how do. we feel. I mean, I feel like we're constantly modeling to her what the, the basis of what she should be doing. Yeah. You know, London actually a year ago was also diagnosed with celiac related okay. to autoimmune. So then the, the eating aspect for her is even more restricted. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it actually makes her blood sugar easier to maintain. But, um, you know, we just really try to be rigorous so that we show her what that base is. Because I know when she becomes a teenager and is out on her own, she's going to make awful decisions. <laughs> <laughs> she would do that if she didn't have diabetes. So. <laughs> I know. And so that's what she's going to do. And I just want to make sure that I teach her, you know, you remember, what did we do? You know, go back to basics. And uh, that's, that's going to come. I know it is. Yeah, I know too. I, and I heard the way you said it. I, I'm hoping so too. <laughs> so yeah. It comes slowly. I just think of it as, uh, and we're coming up on an hour already, but I, I just think of it as, as just a slow transition of like theories and concepts and ideas from, from us to, to her. You know, I think yeah. I see her pick it up slowly as it goes along. I don't try to jam anything into her head, you know? I don't either. You know, there's, you can overtrain and, they don't listen. And so we just try to model it over and over and over again. And then I'll have her repeat it to me. You know, we set goals for her as well. You know, she loves to go to camp every year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes if we're having a struggle with changing our lancet, you know, I refilled her lancets one day and I thought, huh, I wonder how long it's going to take her to go through these. Yeah. Five days later, I don't think she had even changed one. Yes, Yes. And so, you know, we, we go through the, the training of that. Okay. If we, you have to be responsible with this aspect so that you can enjoy this aspect and, um, trying to do positive re-encouragement for her, but she, she's 10 and she has a mind of her own. Please. Uh, Arden uses a multi-clicks lancet. So you turn it, there's yeah. a barrel with six, like six, you know, lances inside of it. And sometimes I'm like, Hey, I put this on yesterday before you went to school. I said, it's still set at one. <laughs> So, so we tested a number of times since then. I said, is this a new one? She's like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? I don't know I, what you're saying. London gets very, very defensive if you start talking about her Lansing device. She just like, she's like, that's my, give it back. Give it back to me. I, I, get a coy, I get a coy smile and a lot of eyes usually. So um, yes. yeah, everyone's We're constantly got fighting over the Lancet. Well, I wish I and, could. And she thinks that the, uh, the alcohol swab is, you know, the end all for everything. Do you use them still? Really I really do need it. Do you use yeah, them when you're use them. for testing? Well, when, you know, especially when we're out on the ball field or anything like that, where something could be on her hands and she may not be able to go wash her hands, we use them. But then she starts to think, well, I don't really have to go wash my hands before this or that or the other. And I'll just use an alcohol swab. Oh, I see. <laughs> she's, she's washing up with alcohol for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, like, do you see how filthy that thing is? You probably need to just go wash your hands. I will admit that we don't use alcohol anymore um, for that. And, and not only that, but um, – and this is a very European thing. I haven't talked about this in a while. But in Europe, they would – a doctor would not tell you to clean a – a pump site with alcohol, they would tell you to do it with mild soap and water or just water. And so I 
um, I, I adopted that years and years ago. Arden started getting some red spots around where her pump was. And I, I wrote this blog post about it years ago, but I was standing there trying just one day, just going over it in my head, like trying to think like what's happening. And I said, I, and I wrote back then that I found myself rubbing my fingers together while I was thinking. And then I realized, why am I rubbing my fingers? They're so dry. Why are my hands so dry? And then it just hit me. I'm like, Oh, I'm always touching alcohol. And then I just, it hit me and I thought, Oh, maybe that's it. And I stopped. And then she never had any of the red bumps or anything ever again. So, yeah, so I've had a, I've had a bottle of alcohol around here for a long time that nobody's really used. By the way, Brandy, let me just say real quickly, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. And then we just slip that right in and we keep going. But, um, but, but, <laughs> but, um, but in Europe, honestly, the doctors would tell you not to use alcohol to clean. And so, I mean, you don't want to put a pump on over top of a, you know, you don't, you don't want to pick your dog up and pet it and. And, and, and clean him up after he's been outside and then put your pump on. But, you know, we wash our hands before we do things. When Arden, right. when Arden gets a new pod on, it gets washed down with warm water, sometimes warm water and soap, depending on her, her, her situation. Um, but we've, ch- we've changed pumps on baseball fields with a bottle of water and a handful of paper towels before. So, yeah, uh, yeah it is something else. It's a whole lot of fun, isn't it, Brandy? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't – five years ago, I could have never imagined – embracing it the way that we do each day but it just seems that's just how it is yeah it's our life it sounds like you're doing a great job it really does and i really appreciate you making time this quickly for me uh but i just wanted to get your story out to people while it was fresh so uh thanks for making well, i appreciate you letting us get on here no please you're kidding me this this was great I, I as soon as people and hey listen let me just say this too to all the listeners of the podcast who were sending me messages last night about london and brandy thank you very much you guys were like uh I didn't even have to know about this. It was fantastic. So <laughs> anyway, Brandy, I hope you have a great summer full of softball. And we miss, you know, I want to wish London all the luck in the world. And thank you so much. Well, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks again to Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Please visit the link in the show notes or go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to find out more about how you can get a free demo pod to give it a try for yourself. See what tubeless insulin pumping is all about. Don't forget, nothing you hear in the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult your physician. All right, you want to find out who won the Netflix gift card? I'm going to tell you in just a second. But first, let me say this. I really enjoyed giving you guys something. There's going to be another giveaway later this year. I don't want to tell you what it's going to be yet because I don't want to ruin the surprise. I can't tell you until after the new Apple Watch comes out. So look for that. After the new Apple Watch comes out, I'll announce the giveaway. All right, ready? Who won the $50 Netflix gift card giveaway? First of all, let me say thank you to everybody for entering. The winner is... You know, I'm just going to say the first name with the, 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 like, the last initial. How's that sound? That's pretty reasonable, right? Okay, I can make my own drum. I just realized I have a table here. And the winner of the... Uh, now the dogs are barking because I'm tapping on the table. This is horrible. The Netflix gift card, $50 gift card from the Juice Box Podcast is Caitlin. Caitlin, congratulations! Music and fireworks. Caitlin, look for an email, kid. You won. Everyone else, thanks for entering, and thanks for all the valuable feedback about how you like the podcast to be um, produced over the summer. It was really helpful for me, and you guys definitely came through loud and clear. You want a podcast every week, you're going to get one. The Juice Box Podcast will run every week starting in the beginning of July straight through to the end of 2016, and with any luck, well beyond. You guys have been a big help. Like I said, you helped me today get this um, this interview by making me aware of the story. And a lot of you 
on your surveys said that you'd like to be on the show and you're going to all be hearing from me really soon, just as soon as my brother gets hitched. Because I'm leaving tomorrow for a destination wedding, which I want to really thank my brother for throwing because I don't get to go away that often. So congratulations, Brian and Amanda. Really excited about your, uh, about your wedding and uh, we'll be back with the Juicebox podcast very, very soon.